Hi, my name's Taylor Chapman, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Let's actually jump right on in there, and let's see what God has in store for you with today's message. Uh, I got a couple of questions. I'm going to give you a few pointers. These aren't from me. These are all principles from God's Word. So as we talk about praying the Word and doing uh, our due diligence in that, especially starting these next seven days, the first question is, why should I pray the Scripture? And here are the answers I've put here. I had about 20. I limited it to these. But first and foremost, we should pray the Scripture. We should pray the Word because Jesus did. Okay? So... When the old adage, what would Jesus do? This is a really key thing in what Jesus would do. Because if you look through the Bible and you look through the life of Christ in the New Testament, and you look at all the letters in red, if you, those of you who carry a, a red letter Bible, okay, you can see all the sayings of Christ, but so many of those things, so many of those statements, so many of those prayers were based on Scripture that was already in place. And of course, now the statements of Jesus are the scripture and it continues and it grows and it expands and we learn and we apply it to our lives and it it brings tremendous change. So first reason that we should pray the scripture is because Jesus did. Um, Second reason. I should pray the scriptures because it will make my prayers more powerful. Um. My wife asked if I was going to tell any embarrassing stories about her this morning. Apparently, I have a habit of doing that. And I said, no, Starla, in 2024, I will speak only good things of you. Nothing to embarrass you, nothing to belittle you, nothing to diminish the amazing woman that you are. Okay? Am I doing okay so far? All right. Okay, she amen me. You never amen me. Okay. Oh, well, who was it? Oh, Shannon, thank you. All right. <laughs> Brian, you've got an amazing wife too, okay? All right. So I asked her, I said, Starla, and, and this is the truth. Um, when it comes to being a person of continual prayer, unceasing prayer, unwavering faith, I'm not the expert. But I admire the level at which my wife does all those things. She, she is so consistent and so committed. And, and I will tell this on her. Last year, she was going through version the Bible. And uh, I didn't know she has, a, you know, I did know it keeps count of daily. If you do it daily and you don't have a break, you're on a streak of so many days in a row of, you know, reading the Bible. And... <laughs> Starla was at like day 361 or so, and I don't remember the circumstances, but for some reason she didn't open it up that day. And she was devastated, you know? And I'm like, Starla, my longest streak is 11 days. (laughs) 361's pretty good. So uh, she's done extra to make up for it since that time, but but I, I know my wife's level of commitment not only to reading the word, but to praying the word and, and to understanding the power of doing that. And so I just asked her last night, I said, tell me, if you were me standing up here this morning, what is really important for people to know from your perspective? 
My wife is usually soft-spoken, but all of a sudden she's standing and she's animated and she's kind of preaching to me. And I'm just going to say, calm down, calm down. It's just me. But here, here's the summary of basically what she said. She said, well, I believe that death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's why I believe it's important to pray the word, to pray it consistently, to pray it accurately. Because the things I speak, the things I pray are the things that have power. She went on. The next point in her sermon was that uh, our words frame our world. So I am careful what I say because I don't want to frame my world in such a way that it brings dishonor to God or it shows a lack of need or a lack of faith, a lack of belief in anything. So I only speak those words that frame the world as I know God intends my world to be. She should be up here. Okay. And then she said, and his word will not return void, but it will return victorious. I love that. I love the two V's. It won't be void. It will be victorious. And she said that, not me. Okay. So anyway, I, I just love how she is passionate about talking about the power of our words the power of our prayers, the power of what we say to one another, the power of what we look at the future and, and how we frame the words of what it should be, what God desires it to be and what it will be. Our words, our prayers, as we pray the scriptures are powerful. Have you, um, for those of you who remember what a bumper sticker is, um, did, did you ever see the bumper stickers that, um, well, first there were the ones that were honk if you love Jesus, right? Um, I, I didn't put that one on my car. I, I don't want people honking at me, okay? But the other one I remember was, this is probably back in the 80s for those of you who were alive. Um, there was a bumper sticker that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. And I went to a conference once and a pastor said, that is not the truth. I'm like, well, it's what the bumper sticker says. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. He said, it's out of order. He said, the bumper sticker should say, God said it. That settles it. You better believe it. And so don't get that sequence out of order. Understand that your prayers are powerful. Your prayers will be even more powerful as you use the scriptures to be the basis for your prayers. All right, I'll move on to the next point. I will be, why should I pray the scriptures? Because I will be praying the truth. There will be no inaccuracies. There will be no assumptions. I will be praying the truth. Okay? The next one is, why should I pray the scriptures? Because it puts my focus on God first. particularly if you start your day that way. If you want to see things for what they really are and not what you worry they might be, then start by praying the scriptures. Put your focus on God's word. Put your focus on God first. Okay, the next principle is this. Why should I pray the scriptures? Because it will align me with God's will. I confess, I don't know how many times in my life I have made a request of God on behalf of myself or someone else 
And then I put the disclaimer on the end, Lord, if it's your will. Anybody else guilty of that? But Lord, if it's your will, please do this. Lord, if it's your will, please, please show us this. Please help us make this decision. Please make this happen if, if, if it's your will. Now, there is a scriptural basis for praying according to God's will, and he hears us. But we sometimes have that little out at the end, that little disclaimer that says, well, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. Instead, begin to define those things that you need in your life in what the scriptures already say about those things. Because when you pray the things that have already been spoken in God's word and you pray them reminding God of them, you are praying with accuracy and truth and according to God's will. You don't have to question it. It's already there. Just pray it and live it out according to God's will. All right, next principle. Why should I pray this scripture? Because it implants God's word in my heart. Hopefully you recall the verse. I think we were all taught as children. At some point, somebody hopefully showed you the scripture, Psalm 119.11, that says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So praying the scripture begins to implant God's word in my heart. And I'm going to come back to that when we talk about the steps to getting there in just a moment. Okay, there's more to come. All right, the next principle is this. Why should I pray the scripture? Because... It empowers me to pray with confidence. Am I to come before the Lord with humility? Or am I to come before the Lord with confidence? Both. Right? So so don't shy away from being bold in your prayers. And Hebrews 4 tells us that. That we are to come boldly before the throne of God. And you can come boldly before God praying the scriptures he's already declared and reminding him of them. Because you're acknowledging God, you have already already said this will be this way. This is your will. And I am going to declare this and I'm going to claim this. And I'm going to do like Terry's wife and frame my world that way. Okay? It empowers me to pray with confidence. And then finally, why should I pray the scriptures? Because it guides me to pray for others the fullness of what God desires for them. You'll know we're toward the end of the sermon when I revisit this, okay? I'm going to come back to that point, okay? All right, next. Your notes say, how do we do this? How do we pray the word? Step one to how to pray the word is this to identify the key areas of my life that I need to give fully to God. Listen, we all have very unique needs, desires, requests, but we all have the same primary needs in our life. And those usually relate to, number one, my relationship with God. Secondly, my relationship with others, the people who are close to me, the members of my family, the person that I, that I love. One of the key areas, and Lynette's already alluded to it this morning, has to do with my health and, and believing for what God desires to do there beyond what I keep confessing. 
okay? And key areas usually show up at, in January of every year when we make our goals, right? Or we create our resolutions. Um, I, don't, um, I don't do resolutions because I've never kept them. So I want to consistently not fail. Um, so that's pretty good, right? Okay. I have not failed at one resolution for 2024 yet. Okay. Does anybody want to say they have? All right. Um, I, I take a different approach. I will say this. <laughs> I, um, I, I have started adopting a principle or a word for each year. This year, um, I have two words. One is um, order, to make my world more orderly, a little more organized. It looked like there's a system. I have a system. Nobody can decipher my system. I have files. They're not lateral files. They're not horizontal files. They are vertical files. They are stacked. Okay? I have stacks of things, but I know generally what stack to start with. Right. If I need to find something. So um, these are the things that can drive your significant other crazy. So um, so (laughs) I one of my words is order to have more order in my life. Okay, can I get an amen? Okay. now then another one of my words, though, um, is to worship. Now, I I come here for worship every week. I don't consistently worship God every day. Every hour. Every minute. And so one of the things, and, and I'm quite serious, when you pray the word, I'm asking you to pray it on my behalf that I will honor God by worshiping him each and every moment each and every day. Because I know that the key to every goal, every aspiration, every objective, every plan I have must start with worship. If I started focusing on God and I maintain always a lifestyle of worship, it will come to pass. The things will come to pass that God intends to come to pass. Because I am focused in the, in the right way, in the right direction. So identify key areas of your life. You need to give fully to God. Step two is identify the scriptures that correspond with those needs. I will say this, and this is where I cut a lot of my content back. Uh, because I thought, well, we really need to spend time explaining how to, where to start. Where to find the scriptures. You should be then making a regular part of your prayer life. I boiled it down to three things. There are three things you can go to. These are great places to start. They all start with the same letter, the letter P. And that is focus on these three areas to begin. Focus on the Psalms. It starts with P, Psalms. Focus on the Proverbs in the Bible. There's so many principles for wisdom and success in life as God views success in the Proverbs. Just Interject your name there and say, God, make me this. Make me to be like this. And finally, the last one is the promises. And they are 
interspersed everywhere throughout God's word. Look for those promises. Um, I have a very good friend. He's, uh, he was a pastor, a mentor of mine. I worked for him on staff. And um, his name is Rob Morgan. He's written a lot of books. And many years ago, Rob and his wife, one of their three children had strayed from God, had left the church, had turned their back on everything their parents had raised them to be and how to, how to, how to follow God. And they were just living a life of total rebellion and disobedience. They were truly the epitome of a prodigal. And Rob went through a season of his life where the only way he could have any hope was to claim promises and scriptures from God's word, insert his child's name in them and say, God, bring them to this. Remind them of this. Lead them to this. The result was he took so many scriptures from Genesis through Revelation and inserted his child's name. He realized he had written a book. And um, Lynette alluded to earlier, we all have kids we worry about. And Rob finally learned the road to successfully getting them to where they need to be is to pray the scriptures on their behalf. The Bible's full of them. Find one of those. Identify the need. Pray specifically for your child. Pray specifically for your spouse. Pray specifically for those outside your immediate family. Pray specifically for the people sitting in this room. You know, one thing I know, uh, this is in my notes, but I'm doing it out of order. One thing I know is that I could privately approach any one of you and ask you to pray for a specific need that I have in my life, to pray a promise, a proverb, a psalm, a scripture on my behalf, to stand on that principle, and I know you would. And I know you wouldn't take that private part of my life that I shared with you and share it freely with anybody else. But I know you would support me. You would stand with me. You would pray with me. And listen, if you're part of this church and you don't know that, you need to know that. We have people who pray consistently, regularly, without ceasing for not just the needs of the church in general, but the needs for the individuals who make up this church. So please know, you can do that. And I want to challenge you, as you're beginning to pray the scriptures on behalf of other people, I want to challenge you to kind of take your social interaction to a little bit more meaningful level. Yes, I'll see somebody coming in and I'll say, how was Christmas? How was New Year's? Wonderful, right? Well, anybody can do that. You know what's hard? Is to look somebody in the eye and say, is there anything we need to talk about? Is there any way I can pray for you? Now, if you don't know me, don't ask me those things. <laughs> but when we've established a relationship and we understand that we uplift one another in prayer, go ahead and take it to the next level. You're not forcing anybody to share something they don't want to share, but you are opening a door for it. So open the door. 
listen to what they're saying. And if you're in a one-on-one conversation with people and you're the only one talking, you're not doing it the right way. Okay? Just ask a question out of sincerity, out of love, and listen. Take that, identify that need, and pray for that on behalf of that person. Step three, commit the key scriptures that I've identified to meet my needs and the needs of others and hide them in my heart. Um, I don't like when Pastor Taylor asks me to speak or say something up here because I wind up confessing something. My parents raised me to memorize the scripture. They made sure I was in the presence of people who would teach it. They made sure I was in Bible quizzing things and all that kind of stuff. Not because I needed a trophy, but because I needed to know what God's word was in my heart for the rest of my life. I went to college. I... Uh, my, my degree was primarily in theology. Um, and there were so many requirements to read the Bible and read all the books that tell us about the Bible. I honestly just got sick and tired of reading the Bible. And I quit memorizing scripture at some point because I'm like, this, I'm tired of doing the homework. And it wasn't until much later in my life, and I'm still learning today, and this is part of my, in this year, to be more engaged in worship, I'm still learning today how to return to that place where I read God's word for the right reasons. I hide it in my heart for the right circumstances. And I can recall it at any moment to, have, to give me faith and confidence to come boldly before the throne. And I have failed in doing that at the level I should be doing that. I'm old but I'm still learning. And I will continue to memorize that, okay? And in a month, when you see me coming in the door, ask me, what scripture have you memorized recently? Man, I just put myself out there, didn't I? Okay, I'll start memorizing this today. <laughs> we leave here, all right? Have the boldness to ask me, because I asked you to. Terry. What scripture have you recently memorized and you're now praying that word every day of your life? Okay, all right, I went too far with that. That's another part of content. I should have deleted. Okay, all right. Uh, Step four. (laughs) Okay, step four. Pray boldly. You got to pay attention to the way this is said. Pray boldly as a victor, not a victim. Okay, and I mean, ask for more than you could ever accomplish on your own. Pray Ephesians 3, 20 and verse 21 prayers and know that God can do exceeding abundantly more than what you're asking and even what you can think about asking. Ask for things that defy logic. This is where I'm really challenged, okay? Ask for things that defy all logic. 
be like Joshua and ask the sun to stand still. Okay? Things that defy gravity, defy science, defy logic, it's okay. Ask for those things. And when you pray boldly, understand this, that my outlook determines my destiny, okay? The way I'm looking at what I need to be done in my life, what God is capable of doing, and putting faith that he will do it, the way I look at that, my attitude, my perspective, my viewpoint about it all, will determine my destiny in it all. Here's the problem. People know they need God to do miraculous things in their life. But they always have a reason why it's not going to happen. Uh, pray for me, but Terry, I understand you're saying this. I should be believing these things, but Terry, you don't understand. I don't have the money I need. I don't have the resources I need. I don't have enough. Or we talk about what God is impressing on you, and, and you say, but Terry, you don't understand. Uh, I've sinned. I have failed at this over and over and over again. I can't break this habit. I can't get out of this cycle. Or you say, but Terry, you don't understand. I, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what direction to go. I don't know what decision to make. One of the best pieces of advice I ever heard from one of my pastors was, when you have that outlook, the problem is God can't do anything in your life because your butt is in the wrong place. B-U-T. Let's make that very clear. Instead of saying, but Terry, you don't understand. I don't have enough. Terry, you don't understand. I'm too sinful. No, 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 no. You've got to approach it this way and say, I don't have enough. I'm not capable. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want but he's able to do what I can't do. But he's able to do more than I could dream of doing. Or you could say, I have sinned. I have, I have more moral failures than you could ever put on one sheet of paper. But he is faithful and just to forgive my sins. And he will not ever not forgive my sins. I love when we heard up here that God doesn't lie. So pray that scripture. Believe that scripture. And instead of saying, but Terry, I don't know what to do next. You should say, I don't know what to do next, but I can trust the Lord with all my heart. And he will direct my paths. Because that is what the scripture promises to you. I uh, need to announce, uh, we intend, I intended signs and wonders to occur during this service today. My wife just gave me a sign, and I'm wondering what it's about. Okay, that's a bad joke. Um, <laughs> but I'm supposed to get a warning on the clock, so here we go. All right, let me, let me share this one last story. Um, 
just over 10 years ago, our daughter was going through an ugly divorce. Has anyone ever heard of a pretty pleasant divorce? No. Okay. If, you've ha- if you have gone through divorce, you have a loved one who's going through divorce, has gone through divorce, you know it's, it's not pleasant for a long time. And uh, so there were a lot of challenges. Um, we made some decisions. We advised her. She was having to make some critical decisions about how to, how to walk through that valley and what, what decisions to make. And we, we felt like, you know, it was a very acrimonious situation, which is expected if two people are going different ways. Three little kids were involved. We were angry at her soon-to-be ex. Um, and I, I didn't know how to pray about the situation. So, instinctively, I want to say, God, deal with him. I really wanted to say, God, if he happened to disappear, nobody would miss him. Okay. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that? Or thought it? You ever put feet on your prayers and make it happen? No. (laughs) Neither did I. But all my thoughts were... All my thoughts were fixated on the problem. And the person I thought is the problem here. And I need God to get rid of the problem. Fix the problem. And I was so fixed on that. I wasn't fixed on praying for what I felt she should be. And what God was leading her to become. And I I really did not know how to pray. And um, at that time, um, I had a, uh, the company I worked for sent me to Las Vegas for three days. I, trust me, it truly was a business trip, okay? So for three days, I'm on the flight to Las Vegas. This, all these things have just erupted around us in this divorce situation, and everything's in turmoil, and I'm not happy. And I, I try to turn to God's word, and one particular verse I, I just, you know, I'd like to say I intentionally landed there, but I didn't. But it was Psalm 8411. So I'm on the flight. I do, that's where I read most is on an airplane. I need to fly more, right? So I'll read more. But um, Psalm 8411 says this. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. And here was the really key phrase. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. And so I thought, oh, maybe I should kind of pray more along that line for this situation. You know, just kind of got on my radar and that was about it. Landed in Las Vegas, go from the airport to the hotel, um, checked in. Um, I took a book with me to go eat a late lunch. And uh, sat down for lunch, and the particular book I was reading, I don't even know what book it was now, but all I know was there was one particular page where the author brought up some principles that were important to remember of a particular verse, and as I read it, that verse was Psalm 8411. Wow! What are the chances? But my thinking was, I'm, wow, that's a, that's a really good coincidence. 
<laughs> and then we had, a, uh, we had a training session, the company, and then we had some free time. And I went, uh, I don't go to Vegas a lot, so I just wanted to see some of the really nice hotels and resorts. So I'm walking through, and I found this really nice uh, shopping area. I think it's uh, uh, Canal Shops at the Venetian Hotel, okay? And I'm walking through, and there's a picture I want to show you here. And I saw there was a store in this really, um, you know, high-end shopping mall, basically. And this was a place that sold a lot of historical items, antiques, uh, high-dollar collectible items. A lot of things you would typically see at a really big auction. People have a lot of money to spend. And that case right there is a Bible. You don't expect to see a Bible on display at that level in the middle of Las Vegas, but that it was there, and I was very intrigued by it. Now show the next picture. So I went up to read what it is, and the Bible was one of the original pulpit folios or editions printed in 1611. And as I recall, the value of this particular Bible, you could buy it. I could have bought it right there. If I had gone and won $300,000 in the casino, I would be able to buy it, but I didn't try that, okay? I have a Bible. So anyway, I thought, wow, this is amazing. So then I glanced down, we'll go to the next picture, and this is the page it was turned to. Psalm 84, verse 11. For the, I mean, can God give you a bigger sign than that? For the Lord God is a sun and shield. I love how they spell sun. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. And I'm like, I got it, God. First and foremost, no good thing will you withhold if I'm walking blamelessly. And I will be honored in the prayers I pray for our daughter. But even beyond that, Lord, I pray this scripture for her life. That she can get beyond this. That she can move closer to you. That she will understand that even though life is really bad right now, you have a better plan. And no good thing will you withhold. You will be her son. I can't be that. You will be her shield. We want to protect her, but we can't always do that. You are that person. We give her to you. We trust you to accomplish these things. We pray that she is that person walking uprightly in all her ways, in all her days, to experience this blessing you desire to bring to her life. And as we close, that's exactly what I pray this week for each and every one of you. To understand what God desires to do in your notes, your homework assignment this week is, I pray that you will, beginning today, Examine the things in your life that you need to yield to God. Start there. Come broken and humble and open and transparent before God 
and say, God, examine my life. Help me to see my life as you see it. And determine to let him fix it. And pray to him. And maybe you don't even have a relationship with him. And today you can start and say, Father, I don't know what to pray. But let's start here. I believe in you, God. I believe in your son. I believe that he lived a sinless life and died a cruel death for my sins. But I believe beyond that that he rose again and he gives life to me and he gives it to me both abundantly and eternally. Father, I believe that. And that is the prayer I pray. That you will come into my life. You will make me a new creature. You will change my direction. You will make me holy. You will forgive. You will cleanse. You will give me a fresh start. So of all the things you could think of that you might need, start there. But go beyond that. Think of the areas in your life you can't do alone and you shouldn't do alone and give those things to God. Pray for yourself. Pray for the people around you. And when you've identified those areas, the next part of your assignment this week is find the scriptures that correspond with these parts of my life. Commit those scriptures to memory and integrate them into your prayer life. Thank you for tuning in today. The most important decision you can make is making Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that because we are born into sin, there needs to be a blood sacrifice to redeem us from the curse that that sin brought us into when we were all born. God wanted to give you the opportunity to live in eternity with him. So he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross to be that blood sacrifice for you and I. You can choose to make Jesus the Lord of your life and choose heaven, or you can choose to make this sinful world we live in your standard of living and make hell the only option. If you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, we want to give you that opportunity right now. All you have to do is repeat these words after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I confess my sins and I repent of those sins. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Make me a fully devoted disciple. If you just prayed that prayer, then you are saved. Congratulations on making that life-changing decision. Now is the next step. You need to start reading your Bible and get into a good Bible-believing church. You will find other people who've made the same decision that you just did, and you will help each other grow to become all that God has called you to be. If you just prayed that prayer, I want you to know that I am praying for you, that I am for you, but I need to know about it. If you would go to pathwaychurchok.com, that is pathwaychurchok, just the letters O and K.com, 
send us a message and let us know you prayed that prayer and we'll send you some free resources to help you start your journey with Christ that you just started today. Thank you again for tuning in. Congratulations once again. We'll see you next time right here.